This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. He's here today, all the way from the Vilt. <laughs> and you can uh, text the show on the 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Good morning um, to you both and to Morgan. all our fabulous readers. I like the way you said, text us on the 8, 12, 15. Yes, I don't know why I said well, that. I'll tell you what I liked. It was a bit Chaz and Dave. Mm. Okay. It's a bit... Do you know what I mean? The old 8, 12, 15. Yeah, the 8, 12, 15. So I took the 8, 12, 15 and I came off at Luton. And then took, you remember blokes used to have conversations. Like what you want to do is you want to come off um, before then. You know the A1238? Tip that. And then don't go straight through, Sid Cup. Bare left. <laughs> Look, leave me alone. No, I, Just I, leave me alone. I actually like that kind of chatter. Oh, I can't cope with you. I love a man who knows I was in a hotel bar once where a bloke says, how long does it take to drive to Edinburgh from London? Oh, no. And a, and a bloke said, you can do it in a, well, what, four hours? Which you can't. <laughs> you can't. And another bloke said, oh, you, you could do it. I reckon you could do it in less than that. And, and the bloke said, with a stop. I'm talking about with a stop. No, you can't do it in that time. What are you talking about? Anyway, um, welcome. And um, Welcome in. What's my big discovery of the week? You know when a thing happens and you think, oh, you know they, they say that every day is a school day. When you learn something and you thought, oh man, I've been wrong all my life about this and now I have at last seen the truth of it. Mm. I was 100% convinced that a pine martin was a bird. I would have put ten <laughs> grand that a pot. Emily, I can see you. You were with me on that error. Am I right? A hundred percent. Really? What? Yeah. Oh, typical Pierre. Wonder. <laughs> of course, Pierre. Knows. He won't just know. He'll know the latter. He'll know everything no. about this. Yeah, thing. penis martinus. I wish oh. I hadn't said that. <laughs> that was an accent. <laughs> I think you can say that. It's medical. Yeah. You said it with a U. I heard you pronounce the letter exactly, U. Very exactly. Exactly. It was Latin. It was the most Latin thing I've ever said. Well, obviously, not so much Latin thing I've ever said. <laughs> yeah. I say quite a lot on a Sunday morning. I was going to say. Um, yes, I pine. Martin, I, I, if someone said, that, "Look, look, there's a pine martin," I'd have looked up. Yeah, <laughs> not into the undergrowth. As long as you didn't try and translate it from the Latin. Yeah. No, I, the I'll never do that again. <laughs> I will never do that again. A pine martin can mind its own Latin business. <laughs> <laughs> what is a pine martin? Oh, I like that I don't know. I want to prolong the ignorance for a bit. Uh, do you? I kind of do. Do you never get that? Well, I feel I've, I'm slightly blowing its cover now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, a, it's a little furry animal, stoat-like. Uh, it sounds very up my strata. Yeah. I Well, I yes, I think one of its... Uh, well, I know nothing about it other than it doesn't fly. I'm, I'm taking the facts one at a time. Doesn't fly, not a bird. Yeah. Okay. Gobsmacked. Yeah. Absolute. A bloke said that we're worried on the telly. This is how I found out. So we're worried that, uh, that the the pine martin uh, population has been um, 
has been reduced. He said, but there's been signs just lately they're coming back. And I thought, well, that's good. They're getting a lot of coverage. Plenty of other birds yeah. struggling. <laughs> what, are you thinking, who's their PR? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't see as many uh, starlings in the garden as I used to. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, I, I, saw a, I saw there was a documentary about it on... Um, on uh, PBS, which was uh, Stalin the Terror Years or something. So I don't know if that's what got rid of them. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, then a picture came up and I thought, well, I can't even see the Pine Martin. There's some stove in the way. The Pine Martin has been photobombed by a stove. I mean, somebody should have checked this before they brought it up on the television. But no. It is a furry animal. And I like the idea that the first link of the show has been established in that single fact. Yes. <laughs> yes. Frank Skinner. I just saw that um, Rishi Sunak's um, slogan is um, ready, ready to Rishi. Ready for Rishi. Ready for Rishi. Let's get ready to Rishi. Now, I'm hoping, get ready I'm hoping, I'm hoping he's going to sing, Are you ready? Are you ready for Rishi? And then they'll all, all his supporters will go, Yes, I am. <laughs> and they oh, would have man. that kind of accent. Yes. Well, well I can guessing. say that. I don't know. I'm allowed. And less rhythm. I don't no, know. They would say it like that. They go, Yes, I don't am. Don't forget the blue wall. <laughs> they might be going, I, I am. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of a lot of sort of Winchester choristers going, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he's, he likes a video. Yeah. He, might, he might be putting that out there. <laughs> but he'd have them, but then he'd have some blokes with whippets. <laughs> yes. But they wouldn't do the yes, I am. They'd go, oh, I. Hey. Just to, just to hey. show that I'd been completely won over. Yeah, Not, yeah. Let's see how uh, yeah. how the intercity development goes. Yeah. Intercity, inner. Sorry, change the lyric a bit, Frank. They go, I don't mind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Are you ready for Rishi? Cut to them. Happen. <laughs> um, listen, I've got to tell you something. I um, We listen to a lot of absolute radio in our house, and I'm not just saying that. Mm. I'm not being the company man, but we do. It's on all the time. Yep. My partner in particular never puts the radio off. She loves a bit of Dave Berry. Oh, she loves Dave Berry. And this week, my partner, who um, you've met, Pierre, yes. she has um, that malapropism thing which in case you're not aware of this is not so much saying well she does say the wrong word but she gets um if she tries a proverb or something that obvious she'll say here's an example she didn't actually say this but just like she'll say well she's going to hell in a handlebar yes exactly it's always something well i'll give you an actual one she was on about some bloke who'd done some um been caught out in a lie at work (laughs) and she said he just looked up like a goldfish in the headlights Yeah, that's Pete Cat. It's a bit Chappaquiddick. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this week, um, we, uh, we, we, I, mean, I don't know what the subject was, but some subject cropped up and she said, oh, yeah, they were talking about that on Shane and Richie. <laughs> <laughs> which is... <laughs> 
which I was supposed to be Bush and Richie, but have been turned into an Alfie Moon sort of uh, split personality <laughs> thing. Um, so I know now I will think of them as Shane and Richie Shane and forever. Richie. <laughs> think of them? I'm never calling them anything else. And I like the idea that Shane and Richie's got enough personality for just to be spread into two yeah, presenters. Very emotional documentary about him. <laughs> Yeah. Was it Shane who said that, or was it Richie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but he's got that pop star rock and roll thing, and also a cheeky chappy and an actor. Oh, you know. I'm seeing it more as a documentary about trying to find out what happened, in which Lionel Richie investigates what happened to the second series of Shane. Oh, <laughs> that would be yeah. That would be good. Yeah, I like Lionel Richie as a as a detective. Well, you do now. He's so obsessed by Shane. Oh, yeah, <laughs> is he still around? Is he Lionel? He's, he's, he's still very I'm much glad, around. Glad yeah. to hear that. What's your favourite Lionel Richie song? I like uh, Hello. I'd, obviously, I don't know any of his stuff. Do you dance on the ceiling? No, I don't like that stuff. It's got to be dance. If he, if he did do a documentary, you know that the whoever sort of wrote the interstitial bits would be would be all the puns. Or all the kind of like crowbarring in the titles of his song. On the ceiling. Yeah, but, yeah, and I wasn't dancing on the ceiling <laughs> when I realised that, you know. Yeah. That sort of thing. If, if, if it, yeah. If it was about like his, his breakdown, it'd be like dancing on the feeling. Yes, yes. Or something like that. The only, my only objection to that song is I don't like songs where there's enforced party noises in the background. Like, woo! Yeah. I can't bear that. You're not in a party, you're at a studio. Yeah. Okay. All the worse to play a song like that in a sort of massive empty room. <laughs> if really he underlines a, the contrast. What if, he did a, if he did a documentary about getting boils when you're on um, the International Space Station called Lansing on the ceiling. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on, weightlessness, boils. I'm all, how often do you hear those two mixed together? I'm still reeling from interstitial. <laughs> I should just say, we have obviously some of our um, listeners are on the Decade channels where they listen to a different music from the Mother Station. But we just played um, Three Lions, um, not because I'm after the royalties, <laughs> but because um, obviously our, um, our women's uh, team are doing uh, pretty amazing at mm. the moment. Oh. And uh, you've been to... You went to I a went game, to didn't Brighton and I was doing some work. Am I allowed to name the broadcaster, Frank? I don't oh, know. Oh, the producer's yeah. nodding. I mean, it's obvious who it is, you know, first Sky Sports. But it was on my birthday. One of the readers was asking what I was doing on my birthday. That's what I was doing. Okay. And I said to the man from Sky Sports, I said, Oh, it's great you're working on your birthday. I think that's amazing. Hmm. He was quite surprised. And I said, Well, I said, I'm on a beach talking about football with my dog. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit strange. It's a strange way to earn a living, but I like it. And oh, so they put you on the beach. And you know what he said? Go on. He said, well, tell me about it. I've got a law degree. <laughs> anyway, coming up later on Sky Sports. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> it's an interesting little tit for tat. I quite yeah. liked it. I yeah. liked it. I like it. It's like, uh, it's like uh, when you're on the beach and a big cloud goes across and it goes dark just for a few seconds and then the sun comes out again. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, that looks a bit like one of them law degree clouds. <laughs> Heavily laden. Mm. Yeah. And I, but at one time, um, 
they were asking me as well. They were saying, oh, have you seen any of the celebrity reaction to the game? And I hadn't really. No. But I thought, I've got something in my back pocket. Go on. Well, the pr- I'd spoken beforehand and I um, I thought, I've got... They said, have you know any celebrity reactions? And I thought, well, I don't, but I know. I know. Frank texted me last night. That's handy. <laughs> so I said, oh, I said, oh... Frank's, you know, a huge fan, and you know he's been saying. Um, I can't remember what you of said. You, Frank. I'm a huge fan. No, you, you were <laughs> I lovely wish you'd about have said that. Frank's a huge fan of mine. I can get you it. You were lovely about the lionesses, and you'd said they were how well they were playing. Yeah. And and you know what? I was really pleased for you because the presenter said to me, "Oh, Frank Skinner, that's a bit name droppy." Okay, <laughs> he's a bit out of date. Yeah. I suppose he was locked away doing his law degree. Hasn't yeah. really, he hasn't noted my decline. But I like that scene as a huge name drop in the football circle. Oh, okay. It's like saying Ronaldo. Okay, I didn't know. Well, Do you count as a name drop? As you're my, no, I, I work think. with you. You're my boss. Uh, no, I think I'm. Uh, there was a time I was a mic drop, <laughs> but now. Um, no, I've been... I, I mean, we've watched all the games in Arrows. I'm not going to pretend that I know loads about... You know, I'm, I'm sort of asked to acknowledge I'm one of those people who only watches um, the Lionesses in tournaments. So mm. like those England fans who, uh, you know, come out the woodwork um, for the men's tournament. But it's been great. I'll yeah. tell you one of the reasons it's been great, and I, this is probably not a good thing to say, but I don't think the defensive side of the women's game has developed as quickly as the attacking side. There's been some mm. brilliant goals in attacking football. There's been a lot of errors at the back, and that is yeah. the dream combination for great games. Yeah. Years of professor-type coaches um, making defensive football a, a, a watertight art form has ruined football in many ways the major defensive error has been made almost obsolete at the top level so you still get those but some of the goals and stuff have been fantastic I'll tell you what I do I would have one complaint not about the team I really think that the badge on their shirt should be lionesses they they should be um, Mm. manes removed well, they obviously actually... I do, but that's my business. No, I think they. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should be. Uh, yeah, they they need to wax the three lions yeah. and and make them lionesses. Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't that be a great badge? Yes, but can you not go around saying can you, you need to wax the three no, lions? No, I won't. Because okay? it okay. might go down the wrong way. Okay, I won't. Uh, I won't bring that up again. But I still think um, three lions on a shirt should be lionesses. Mm. Um. <laughs> Let's give them a shave and remove their male tresses. What about that? Very nice. What about that? Anyway, that's the first draft. (laughs) Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We have this in from Arthur Northerner. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a nice friend for you. Was was his his response to are you... Ready for Rishi? <laughs> yeah. Is that a is that a sort of phrase like Johnny Foreigner, Arthur Northerner? <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Coming down here, all Arthur Northerner. <laughs> it is now. Recath, Frank. You have often regaled us with tales of Cath, 
Mm. How she lay down as preparation for fainting when you drained blisters. Oh, God, yeah. Wears odd socks and inside-out clothes. <coughs> True. Misquotes idioms. Yes. Liza Minnelli made her seasick. <laughs> no, that is true. <laughs> she blanked your prop gag. Yes. Said some women might find you attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I think then I think it was some women might find you attractive dressed like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is it possible that she's secretly entertaining herself with your reactions to these performances? <laughs> is it possible there are actually three comedians in your household? Buzz has a track record with the practicals. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel that comedy often spreads by osmosis. Mm. And if you um, if you get close enough to my highly concentrated solution, it will eventually pass through your semi-ab- wow. semi-permeable membrane into yes. your less uh, concentrated solution. <laughs> oh, my God. And uh, that's what happens, I think. It's catching, in other words. Well, Arthur yeah. Northerner... Oh, yeah. Um, ...has this text in... Go on. Is Cass material actually as good as Frank's? Eight twelve fifteen. Well, look, I'd be uh, I'd more than happy for her to uh, do a bit of uh, stand-up. Yeah. Um, she did a podcast with her sister. It's a great podcast. Um, interviewing uh, siblings. Yeah. But she's Frank was she's, on it with our Keith. I was me and our Keith did it. But I um we she's not very keen on being in the spotlight. We've been offered, you know, family fortunes and things mm. like that. Yeah. She won't do it. No. Twenty grand as well. Really? Frank, yeah. Can't say the prices of things. Oh, we didn't do it. I <laughs> didn't do it. I thought it was obscene that kind of money. No. Yeah, I um. You're trying to leave yeah, your half I, I said thirty. I'll forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. No, she wouldn't have done it for. Uh, well, I don't know. They didn't go that high. But anyway. Let us um, know when you were offered twenty grand to do a fifteen million. <laughs> and turn it down. Um, yeah, but um. Yes, she would. So she's not into that stuff. Listen, uh, speaking of speaking of performance, um, last week on the show, I don't know if you remember, I was speculating about um, whether I would have to wear shorts on stage. Knee gate, exactly knee gate. Um, I didn't want to knee gate my um, my act by everyone just staring at my terrible legs. Um, but the government guidelines said that if a man my age went out of the house on Monday and Tuesday not wearing shorts, they would immediately incinerate. <laughs> so um, I actually did. I, I wore um, I uh, I wore shorts on stage for the first time in my life what on were Monday they like? and Tuesday. You remember the two day uh, the yeah. two day heat wave? Yeah, I do. Uh, the meteorological offices. Um, answer to the millennium bug well uh, it was Pierre hot Novelli. it was hot but what happened yes Pierre Novelli went viral oh yeah sorry to hear that <laughs> yes. are you on antibiotics how many likes he, he put a brilliant I can't quote it verbatim because there, I'm afraid there was a category C swear word in there no, oh, yeah. but to lower the tone but he barrack room humour <laughs> how many likes are you at now for that twi- one tweet 35 40,000 wow well, what was the tweet can you clean it up uh, yes 
I can. I Not said, first uh, time I've asked that. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I said it's uh, it's like trying to sleep inside a McDonald's apple pie. Oh. And I have a confession to make about that tweet. <gasps> Go on. I refer to it among some uh, friends of mine as the tweet. And I oh. tweet it every year. Oh. On the hottest night of the year. Oh, do you? And it always goes oh. really well. <laughs> Brilliant. And as it goes well and I gain more sort of followers from it, I let them in on the secret that they can look forward to the tweet again next year. It's fabulous. Yeah. Oh, do you know? You've got the have... tweet. I've got a version <laughs> My only of the good tweet. One. We'll come back for okay. that. I think you should call it that tweet. <laughs> it's got Elizabeth Hurley's dress. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. A long time ago, um, before uh, that break, you were going to tell us about your um, tweet of the year. Mm. Oh, yes. Your annual tweet. No, we call tweet. it... What do you call it? That tweet. That tweet. My <laughs> yeah. version of that tweet. My that tweet is when I tell the story, which I've managed to condense, Yeah. of me being in heels... Yes, I've kept it quite on brand. Yeah. Um, searching for chandelier bulbs. Do you remember this? And no. I said to the assistant, I cannot believe you have run out of my chandelier bulbs. <laughs> and he said, be brave, madam. Oh, yeah, I remember it now. It is good. It is good. And I got... I was a bit nervous because I thought I'd be dismissed as some sort of terrible person mentioning chandeliers and hills. But I I felt, I hoped it was self-deprecating enough. Mm. And I got a lot of love. Mm. I mean, I think my best, I got a, I think I got a retweet from Nigella. Ooh, that was a big wow. moment. Gosh. That was a good one. It's good when it's, um, it's someone like, like that, they have a sort of a cold distance about them, those sort of uh, serving gentlemen, as it yes. were. They don't seem to have any of the issues. You know, I think younger people struggle a bit with working in shops because they, they feel a bit like they're being looked down on. But those guys, they look, they look yeah. down on the customers. Like I was, uh, I went to a wine, I've told this before, but it, it reminds me of it. I went to a wine merchant's, or proper posh Bond Street type wine like merchant. Like Brothers. With a, with a um, a friend, and she um, was trying to buy like a posh bottle of wine, and the bloke said to me, "You should you should try this wine. It's lovely." And she tried it, and he said, "Here's one for you." I said, "I won't, thank you." He said, "Well, why don't you try this one if it's, if you prefer it more dry?" And I said, "No, no, I I just don't want any wine." And he said, uh, "Would you like a red? I can I can do." You. I said, "Look, I I got so fed up. I said, look, I'm actually a recovering alcoholic," and he said. Maybe sparkling wine. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, is it ever pheasants? Is this a loophole I haven't discovered? <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's something about uh, those guys which is uh, very fine. Well, that probably doesn't exist in his customer base. They probably say, oh, he had a bit of bother. He's yes. all right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, anyway, um, yes, so I did the show in the shorts. I wasn't so keen about it. So I think you have to talk about the shorts. Mm. Did you? Yeah, so, you know, you have to sort of slightly apologise. Did you apologise? And, uh, yeah. Oh, good. And then I, um, on Tuesday, which was the hottest day, I think, in British history, we were told a lot. Yeah. Although, really, I went out in it and it was hot. And then I went in again. Yeah. Didn't... Um, didn't seem like a game changer. But then um, 
that night, the audience was so, it was such a flat. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And the key is, apparently, I don't know if you're aware of this psychological trick, that if you're feeling miserable, if you remember what, how you sit and how you move when you're happy and you put your body forcibly, in mm. deliberately into that position, your body will start to think you're happy because it'll recognise your happy posture and the, it, it'll cheer you up. This is how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And I think I've always thought with comedy, if you act like it's a good gig, you'll, you'll mm. treat the audience into agreeing with you. However, at one point, um, when they groaned at a joke, I said, I really wish I was wearing a backpack flamethrower. <laughs> Which um, is the opposite, oh, I would say, of that. Well, how did that go down? Um, I, I think there was uncertainty. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a venue where you have to go, like if you go to the toilet, you have to walk, you have to just use the toilet and mm. walk through all the crowd before the show. Oh. They haven't listened to Hugh Binky Beaumont's views <laughs> on the surpri- magic of theatre. <laughs> Which surprises me somewhat. Yeah, yeah, it's quite a Hugh Binky Beaumont type of establishment. But yeah. he always said the magic of theatre, never let them see you off. And um, it, it hasn't worked. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novella. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Frank, we played Three Lions earlier, which you may recall. Um, yes, it wasn't my idea. It, was on, it wasn't one of my choices. It yeah. was um, it's, it's playlist. Yeah. Well, Tom, for, for the lionesses, obviously. Of course. Tom Ginn said, first time I've ever listened to this show, first song I hear, Three Lions. Mm. Um, we had tweeted from the show account, just to confirm we don't play it every week, and Ruth Jordan, Morning Ruth, one of our regulars, replied, that's true. Some weeks, Frank debuts some of his new work, <laughs> like his prospective Eurovision entry called Oh Life, brackets, Is Life. Is that what it's? I thought it had some light. I mean, it just so happens I have it at my fingertips. I thought there was some light in there as well, but I could be wrong. I can see Frank as a sort of German crooner. And <laughs> life is like a light shining on. <laughs> In the darkness. In the darkness. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I think it says life is like a light. Mm. Uh, I don't think anyone can argue with that. Well, yeah. I mean, there could be many, many versions of this song. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, uh, you know, I, d- I don't... Heavily covered. I don't think you need to pull her up because the beauty of it is, with the greatest respect, no-one will ever know. <laughs> no, that is true, of course. It's not going to be up there with misheard lyrics. No. If I was um, offered Eurovision, I'd, I mean, I'd do it with that. I'm sure that's a yeah. reassuring news to everyone. Patriotic. <laughs> what's complicated is that they've asked if they can have it for the next Bond film. <laughs> Sort of silhouettes uh, of women diving off guns. Exactly. Lie. With torches. 
It's like a light. <laughs> It's a bit when it speeds up, don't worry. Well, I mean, it was it was impromptu, and um, you know, I didn't, I I had no rehearsal space. To be fair, Lifelight could be a sort of good, like Golden Eye style Bond title. Yeah, it could. Yeah, Lifelight. Anyway, um, what have we had out else from um, the outside world regarding uh, Pine Martins, Jamie Brightwell? In case you didn't, in case you missed the beginning of the show. My discovery of the week, mind-blowing, so brace yourselves, is that a pine martin isn't, I repeat, isn't a bird. Now it's a small furry animal. It shocked me to the core. It isn't a bird. It isn't a plane. Yeah, it's a pine martin. <laughs> it's a pine martin. That would be, if they have a pine martin series, it should open with people shouting that. <laughs> I'm going to have to call it in the way that, you know, I in my well, the way I dismiss superheroes is by treating mm. them like it's their surname. So I say Superman. Yes, oh yes. <laughs> Spiderman. Yeah. I'm going to have to say pine martin. Okay, well, it is an E. It's an E, is it? E? Is it Pierre? Ooh, yes, I think so. I think it's an E rather than an, an I. Martin. Okay, okay. Um, but... Mr. Brightwell says, uh, My dad had a stuffed and mounted pine martin in his shed. Stopped me and my brother going in there. It's now bleached blonde due to the sun. Yes. <laughs> Even the ones at the Natural History Museum. It's one of, the, um, it's one of the, the, the drawbacks of taxidermies. If you get them anywhere near the sun, yeah. they've got like um, what, sort of an arctic lion. In there, a very, very pale lion indeed. They're really old, the taxidermy, and maybe they just don't approve of it anymore. Maybe what Jamie doesn't know is that his father went in there and very carefully bleached the Pine Martin himself. Well, I had... uh, I, I had oh, to. Oh, what you get the sun that's, in now? That's why it was in the shed, exactly. Yeah. Imagine going in and he's just uh, massaging it into he, the Pine Martin. Was he getting the foils the out? Fo- <laughs> Would it be the Pine Martin? Highlighting, giving a highlight. Frosted tips. If you were, um, if you were shampooing a Pine Martin, yes. Would there be a, where, if, at what point when? would the scalp? The scalp stop to be stop being the scalp and become something else, or is it all the scalp? Is the whole body the scalp on a furry animal? Just say, I think we should point out if you've got a pine martin domesticated, don't give highlights. It's very cruel. No, no, don't. We don't approve of making pine martins look like the Backstreet Boys. (laughs) No, in the nineties. No, we look. We let's be straight up. I am sick. I should say we know little of pelt maintenance. Speak for so, yourself. We're not trying to pretend we do. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. You've been talking, almost obsessing, over the Pine Martin creature. Mm. Well, I love to learn. Well, learn this. Okay. <laughs> Sound like a rather unpleasant <laughs> New York comedian. That sounds like you're going to hit me, doesn't it? <laughs> it yeah, well, like... learn this, mate. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like it's accompanying an offensive gesture. Yeah, yeah, learn exactly. this, buddy. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean that at all. I, I just think this is interesting. I've been doing a bit of investigating on the Pine Martin front. Mm. Pine Martins, apparently, this news just in. Yeah. To be I used... told you, don't call me Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Pine Martins to be used as bouncers to keep grey squirrels out of the highlands. So this is... They're going to be deployed along the east coast of Scotland 
I believe. Okay. Because of the problem with the the grey squirrels, like doormen. The, <laughs> yeah. They're rampant. The grey squirrel. Yeah. Um, and the population. So I think they've decided to let nature take care of itself. Well, no, but, but not if they've draft. Have they drafted in the they're pine martin? They're creating dens, but it's still better than culling, isn't it? Because what they're doing is well, every man know. for himself. I don't know what the pine martin's methodology is like. Well, I do, <laughs> because it says research from Ireland, Wales, and Scotland was oh, was well, just the three was once thought to show that pine martins created in quotes a landscape of fear. <laughs> Wow! Wow! A landscape of fear, (laughs) and and someone said that's what we need here. Here we go. A landscape of fear. That'll get the squirrels out. A a very doer Highlander looking at a bunch of grey squirrels in his garden, going, "What we need is a landscape of fear." Yeah, but that terrible moment when the Pied Martins arrive on the bosses they brought in, and. the catering company's there with sack after sack of birdseed. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, uh, terrible oh, admin error. <laughs> it sounds very next Bond film. Got a landscape of fear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> landscape of fear. Boom, boom, boom. Landscape. They're coming here. <laughs> For their landscape of fear. Yes, you can I'd see watch a, it. Daniel Craig grabbing someone by the collar and sort of slamming them into the floor of a fancy hotel bathroom, yelling, "What is Pine Martin?" <laughs> I don't think. Um, yes, and it turns out he's actually inquiring about the air freshener from a bloke called Martin. <laughs> I don't think Daniel Craig's doing the next one. No. It doesn't matter. I think it's, it's uh, Pine Martin Freeman. Oh, no, it isn't. Come on. It isn't. God. Have they got the new bond? Is that out there? Not yet. No. It's okay. going to take a while. Keep it under your hat, Frank. They've got to find out what yeah. everyone wants first. Yeah. They I, can't make yeah, a decision. What if it was me? <laughs> Frank Skinner is James Bond, open parentheses, if he'd lived. (laughs) Close parentheses. People are getting very excited about Pine Martins. Really? That's great news. Neil Neil Rickards, I felt compelled to find out more, as I've never heard of these animals. Hashtag every day is a school day. He's been doing a lot of research into them. I can now look forward to, if I ever see some gambling in life, Pine Martins, I can sort of nudge the person next to me and go, Bouncers of the Highlands. (laughs) Do you mean gambling? Gambling. Yeah, not gambling. Gambling. They're gambling creatures as well. Well, you know what? They sound like they could be in that. They play shove squirrel. I mean, they are bouncers, so they sound like they're not frightened of a casino. No, no, exactly. They seem like they fall in with that pack, if you know what I mean. What is the collective... What Ooh. is the collective for the uh, the Pine Martin? Should we have a stab at it? A, fl- a flock. Okay. <laughs> That's where the confusion first arose, a I'm, flock. I'm going to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say a mob during, uh, according to what they did to the um, landscape. Yeah, or oh. a, a door. <clears throat> uh, yeah, a door of Pine I like that, actually. It bounces. 
I'm going to say a stench. Ooh. Okay. Well, we can uh, we can find out. Of I'm course. sure someone will tell us. One yes. of our readers. What is the uh, what's that thing they call the information highway? Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the internet capital I. <laughs> so um, actually, we were just I was talking about um, performing at the Phoenix Arts Club this week, which I have to say has been great. I, yes. mean, I mean, you know, I, I, I know there's no toilet in the dressing room, but mm. there's no dressing room. It's true. But it is, it's a very, you really feel like you're in that cool late night. London. It's a place, you know, where actors mm. go for a drink after the show. Yeah. It's very, and they have lots of like, you know, drag acts on it. So you feel like I felt it's the coolest I felt. Yeah. Considering there was a heat wave, <laughs> it's the coolest I felt for a very, very, very long time. It's it's very Soho, and it's one of those bars that's in a basement, and the wall is just covered in signed photographs of people you've never, ever heard of. Well, yes. it's the sort of place where you'd expect to see Francis Bacon drinking in a corner with Geoffrey Bernard. Mm. Yes, yes. Yes. But you played there. Uh, I did, as, as part of all of uh, all of our efforts to prepare for the Fringe, you know, was doing our previews, getting yes. our stuff into shape. I shared a, a sort of preview slot there with Jacob Hawley, great comedian, and... Um, a thing, a thing occurred. I was on second, and during the interval, I was backstage. Well, as you say, there isn't a backstage. I was hiding behind a cloth. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, I sort of uh, had a peek at the audience, who had, thank God, stayed yeah. after Jacob had done his first half and left. And I looked, and I saw... You look through the audience, and, and, and in the back of the room is the stairs mm. uh, the audience descend from. And I saw that um, a gang... Two, two boys and girls, I say boys and girls because they did look sort of, you know how an 18-year-old can often look 14? Yes. They look, they sort of, you go, oh, I, know you're, I know you're here in a, a pub, but it's obscene. Mm. You're so young. So there were two um, boys and two girls of sort of definitely like sixth form age coming down the stairs late to a comedy gig. And I thought, yeah. oh, they're not, they didn't know there was a gig on here, did they? They're not here to watch comedy. Oh, okay. They've come for a campari. Yes, exactly. And, oh. and, and to swap quips. Yeah. Yes. And so I thought, uh-oh. And I saw the sort of hand go up of the ticket taker saying, no, no, there's a gig on. You have to buy tickets if you want to come into the bar. And it took a good... The interval's only supposed to be five minutes. It took a good ten minutes to convince them that what they really wanted was to sit in silence and watch me work through some material. Yes, yeah, so uh -huh. did they find a halfway house where they sat talking while you went through some I material? I would like to know this. Frank, your years in the business <laughs> have, have stood you in good stead there. That is exactly what happened and exactly what I was predicting, <gasps> half hidden behind my grubby little curtain. <laughs> and... Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened in a, in a moment, but oh. suffice to say it involved a letter. <gasps> a letter? Mm. Oh, of course it did, Pierre. You're mm. so cultured. What, what to their headmaster? <laughs> <Yeah. Did> they... <laughs> they were representing the school. <laughs> yeah, and, they, and they, they, they were mooning on the back window of the coach on the way to the club. It's got to be stopped. So, Pierre, do you want to remind us where we'd left you? Yes. You had left me in the basement venue of the Phoenix Arts Club. Yeah. Doing an Edinburgh Fringe preview show. And um, 
When was this recently? Uh, May. Okay. April, May. All right, 24 hours in police custody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Pine Martin bouncers had let in some youths. Mm. Were um, they the kind of youths who were, are you ready for Rishi? Yes, I am. Uh, well, there was a disparity there. The, the, two, the two young lads mm. were, were a couple of uh, sort of, the vibe was very much Arthur Northerner. Okay. <laughs> and the, the two girls were, were more sort of ready for Rishi. Oh. Okay. Yeah, there was an interesting dynamic. They didn't look like they normally all hung out. No. Which is another odd element to this. <laughs> Maybe is. it's like the Eccleston girls. They like the. Um... Do you think they were those two servants they'd always fancied? <laughs> they were seeing them behind their parents. The stable backs. boys. We'll take them to the Phoenix <laughs> Arts Club. Did they say yes? Two tickets in the name of uh, Chatterley, please. <laughs> <laughs> and don't order a paint of bitter. <laughs> You'll embarrass us. <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> so they came in, and as you as you correctly predicted, Frank decided that what they would do is sit and talk as if they were in a busy pub. <laughs> Yeah. In the back of my already dwindling audience well, in this basement no. on a weeknight. And so I, eventually I had to address them. And <gasps> um, they became uh, sort of moderately belligerent. Well, it's difficult because you had two social registers to operate on <laughs> to communicate with them both. <laughs> did, you, did you speak to the women and say, now look here. <laughs> Will you tell the, these boys to be quiet? <laughs> so well, what happened? I'm intrigued. So they, they sort of kicked off a bit and, and I have to say, initially I thought that the, the lads would be the, the trouble, but I was wrong. It was the, uh, the ladies were kicked off quite dramatically and oh. at one point actually just sort of stormed up the stairs. It's hard to storm upstairs. Out oh, of the stormed basement. out? Mm, eventually. Okay. I thought you were going to say onto the stage. No, thank God. I no. should say um, for our, um, our readers that Pierre is not the sort of bloke that you would uh, naturally challenge <laughs> on stage. He's a man mountain. He's not like me. Mm. The reason people don't challenge me is they, they fear they might kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Pierre looks like... I remember I was m moving a uh, house once and Pierre came around and just picked up a bed and carried it out of the <laughs> flat. Like obelisk. Yeah, I nearly <laughs> fell out. I had to hold on to the headboard. <laughs> Haven't we all there? <laughs> oh, that. Oh, God. So they stormed out, and uh, there was some oh. sort of... But the guys ended up staying, the two young lads, and I thought, that's odd. Mm. And then, you know, the, the show carried on and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end... Um, they had. I looked out, appeared out from behind the little curtain, and the the guys had gone. The lads. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds dignified. Yeah. It's very it's wizard very of Oz, isn't it? Uh, this story. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, back and forth, curtain wise. Yeah. And uh, they'd gone, so I thought, okay, whatever. And I came out, and the the guy running the show said sorry for letting them in, but they did say that they wanted to buy tickets. But I should yeah. have been more skeptical. And mm. here's a pint, and I thought, oh, thank you, you know. And then the two guys, the lads, came back in. And I thought, not a conf not a post-show confrontation. Oh, no. The least favourite part of any comedian's <laughs> evening. Yeah. And they came up and they said, the first thing they said was, sorry, we didn't know the girls would be like that. We <gasps> thought they'd be fine because they go to drama school. <gasps> oh. So I thought, interesting. Mm. Wrong. You have a lot to learn. Yeah. And also the school. girls were probably accidentally projecting, which, which <laughs> made them even louder. Yes. And then... The guy, uh, the sort of leader of the two boys, handed me what I'm going to call a letter 
that oh, they'd gone away you... to hurriedly scrawl. <gasps> what? <laughs> and I say letter advisedly because it's a long piece of blank receipt paper. Okay. Is that... there anything on it? Oh, yes. That Frank. they'd written on with a, a felt-tip pen they'd found. Oh, okay. And they handed it to me. And what did it say? And said, here you go, sorry about that, and sort of fled before I could read the letter sort of in front of them. Fair Ooh, enough. Oh, don't like the sound of this. I do. So I'll tell you what, shall we make the letter the, uh, the cliffhanger? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll hear that letter after this. Frank Skinner. Oh, you left us on a cliffhanger. My baby. I wish I could have played Joe Cocker's The Letter. Then, you know, my baby wrote me a letter. Okay. So, quick refresher, the two the two lads of the group of four hecklers yes. um, have hung around after the show to hand me a felt-tip scrawled letter on a section of blank receipt paper. I think they cadged off the barman. Yes, yeah. this is very much what are the 39 <laughs> steps, isn't it? Go on, let, let's hear it. I should say that now um, Pierre is looking at his phone, so we obviously photographed this I did. missile. I did. Well, he's not the type to make it up. No, no. Hasn't got that kind of bone in his body. No, I would never make up a mad letter. <laughs> um, so this is... and I, I really want to emphasise how much this is in mad felt tip, sort of capital block, capital yeah. letters. Mm. Hello, sir. Oh. I, I like it so far. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I say that to a lot of my customers. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, sir. My name is Louis. I was with the rather rude girls who eventually walked out. Yeah? <laughs> Me and my friend Finn stayed. Okay. And while your comedy wasn't for us. <laughs> oh, no. It was going well. So respectful up to that point. Oh, man. That was... They Felt dropped tip block capitals. Killer claws <laughs> dropped in. Yeah. So, fair enough. You know, yeah. nobody... Yeah. While your comedy wasn't for us. Yes. Me and my friend Finn stayed. And while your comedy wasn't for us, we still enjoyed ourselves. Oh. I have some question marks over that as yeah. an idea, but fine. I and suppose watching someone die on yeah, stage that's true. is always entertaining. Mm. I'm not suggesting you did that for a second. Well, to, in their eyes, okay, you yeah. know, I, I did. Um, <clears throat> me and my friend Finn stayed, and while your comedy wasn't for us, we still enjoyed ourselves, and we thank you for that. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. That it is nice. They've Can I say, Louis and Finn mm. sound lovely boys. Yeah. And I think we may have misjudged them. Louis and Finn, Louis and Finn. <laughs> Writing letters also, all around went town. Off, they but they sound stayed to me in. like, I don't know, the fact that they, they know that they about writing thank mm. you letters. Yeah. Yes, they've sort of gone... Their it, time at the stables has not been <laughs> wasted. <laughs> thank God they let the parson teach them their letters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at a price! <laughs> But anyway, carry on. Oh, what's happened? So he says, we, uh, and we thank you for that. Please continue for us and yourself. Quite oh, philosophical, eh? Yeah, that's... Uh, good, good, yeah. good luck and see you soon. Oh, uh, Lu- Louis and Finn and then a kind of blobby heart. Oh, it, it was in quite formal, tip. and at the end it went yeah. a bit, um, hasta la vista, baby. 
I was quite worried by the notion of seeing them again soon. It's nice that they wrote you a letter, though. Yeah. I think that's... Um, I respect to Louis and Finn yeah. for putting it in writing. Yes. I think it's because the young people don't actually speak anymore, do they? In, in the age of text and WhatsApp, everything is written, which is something... You, you can't know. call them. Mm. What about what about when you call them? I called Faye on this show once, and she went, Oh! <laughs> no, no, they won't. They won't be. They won't verbalise. No, no. Well, you'll see a group of people sitting at a table, and everyone is um, is texting someone else or WhatsApping or whatever. They like the WhatsApp because it's free. What happened to James Taylor? If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. That <laughs> that theory has been completely quashed. <laughs> This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on the 8-12-15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Um, so, outsidey worldy. Mm. Oh, thanks, Chaucer. Uh, we've been talking about the Pine Martin, which I thought was a bird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this, is, this is the revelation of the morning. Yeah. Oh, it's been the week <laughs> for me. I, I found out, I think, two days ago and almost fell off my chair. Mm. Simon of Sudbury has got in I'd touch, I'd bought the Pierre. cage and everything, the millet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Simon of Sudbury's got in touch, Pierre. I'm going to leave that to you when what I if you went into millet? Sorry, what if you went into millet and happening. said, can I get some millet? <laughs> please <laughs> and they said no you could say well, I think that's a very misleading sign you've got outside sorry I, I'm never going to go to Millet no, except I, I, I had to with you once do you remember that yes and I got mm. so exhausted waiting for you yes I ended up eating some Kendall mint cake yes we got <laughs> Kendall <laughs> mint cake together through the test of me <laughs> buying waterproof trousers <laughs> <laughs> it's true I'm we just have, trying to save the sofa. Yeah. We've heard from... Oh, we've heard from 557. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Frank and crew. A group of pine martins hmm. is a richness. That's very good. Mm. Well, I bouncers, like they don't do badly for themselves these no, days. No, a richness of pine martins. Not sure how or why I know. I'm not sure why the name is such, but that is the name. Well, that's good. I um, that's I'm from, a bit... Can I just say, sorry, Frank, that's from a very long-time listener, uh, Christine, from the glorious Isle of Wight. I'm, um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of uh, collective nouns, and I, I, shall re I shall remember that one, a richness, a richness. of Pine Martin. I, that's two Pine Martin facts I've learned this week. I suppose three if you count the landscape of fear. The old... <laughs> yes. um... Which is their modus operandi. Yes. Well, I, I, tell I you, think my most successful Latin of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the bar was low, darling. Yes, indeed. Um, Waist height, one could argue. <laughs> oh. Um, Simon of Sudbury gets in touch. Just doing further research on the Pine Martin and note they were subject to persecution in the 19th century. Presumably this was on account of their Huguenot connections. There you go. They've got... No, is that, is that some sort of hoax? Some sort of nineteenth uh, century is a bit late for Huguenot persecution, isn't and it? And also, what what are their um, Huguenot? Well, Simon of Sudbury will enlighten us because he does do that. Yeah, 
I think he's just trying to do an association between other persecuted groups. Oh, okay, fair enough. Oh. Either, either that or Pine Martins are now bouncers but formerly renowned for delicate lace weaving. I think we, <laughs> I, I think we need to uh, workshop this at a later date. Yes. But well done, Simon. For, I mean, uh, if anyone can workshop... Um, an anecdote involving Huguenot connections and persecution in the 19th century. I feel confident it's Frank Skinner and Pianovelli. Well, that's very nice of you to say so. I take that as a yeah. mighty compliment. Yes. <laughs> I think I went to school with Huguenot connections. Hello, <laughs> 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 notice me things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, look, while we're on the, the, this um, topic, mm. um, oh, the there, was, um, there was a... Well, I, I mean, I don't know if they're the same family. They look like they might be, but there was an otter-based story. Oh, I know week. exactly what you're talking about. Ah. And I do know... It wasn't Tark of the... I don't mean I've been reading Tark of the Otter. Do you know Tark of the Otter? Oh, one of my, it broke me, that film. Did it do break you? you? Did your parents tell you to see that? It was so sad. I don't think I've ever seen Tark of the <gasps> Otter. I mean... I think the author might have been cancelled for various yes. difficult political... Yes, I believe the author, <laughs> something okay. Williamson, okay. Um, actually attended <laughs> oh. a Nuremberg rally. Such was his um, support for Adolf Hitler. Really? Yeah. Mm. Oh, dear. But, you know... I mean, it's difficult. It's a shame to take the, the book away from the children. <laughs> they don't need to know about that. They just need to know about the otter. That's no. Not- do you know, Tarka the Otter, it was one of Can Frank's... I tell you another strange Williamson fact, which I don't know... What... Well, it depends. No, it's... it's, it's, it's... <laughs> Williamson, who wrote Tarka the Otter, died on the day that they filmed the death of Tarka the Otter in that, for that film. He died they, that happened on the same day. Did he die in a bunker? Um, <laughs> no. I think he was in a den underground. <laughs> no, I, I only know that because I read a book about Ted Hughes and, and a very influential book on his life was Tark oh, the Otter. Oh, Frank. Did he have an Alsatian called Bleachy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything else about William. He had a William, Pine Martin about, called Bleachy. About William, yeah, from his dad's shed. <laughs> Frank Skinner. So look, this this altar. Yes, this. Oh, the collective. Do you want to? Oh, I do know. I do know. What is it, Frank? Oh, it's a a romp. Yes. A romp of otters. Oh. And I'll tell you why that is. um, I think. Go on. Is because otters, um, they they make water slides out of stuff and they slide oh. on them you know the last the last oh. day of um, I'm a celebrity when they have that big thing where they have to otters uh, they, that's based on the otter otter reality world yeah incredible thing oh, right you don't really think of animals play not making you know playground equipment no do you like otters? I don't know if they'd... Ro- I'm not saying they'd uh, stretch to a flume. No one's <laughs> suggesting that they are um, flume-capable. <laughs> I'm talking about a makeshift water slide. Flume. I never said flume. Don't misquote me. Flume-capable sounds like something quite threatening. <laughs> but they sound like they might be a bit... I mean, they're a bit rompy, so... I think they're nicer than... Um, 
pine martins. I think they're sort of... What, landscape of fear? I think they're the friendly face of the uh, draft excluder style animal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, although we should, this brings us neatly to the subject of the home invader Mm. otter. They don't often do this. They don't like humans that much. They, They have been known to lash out. You have to oh, get to know they? them, I believe, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you My know. partner was attacked by a squirrel on Hampstead Heath. I don't know if you remember that. Would you be fair? Casper's been attacked by a lot of creatures. Yes. Um, <laughs> it spiraled up her leg and left, um, left a scratchy trail. That's what she told you, anyway. Behind. Um, oh, I'll tell you something else about alters. Oh. Um, my dad um, was a poacher. <laughs> OK. <laughs> My dad would knit nets out of string and then he'd disappear for the night and come Sorry, back. Sorry, can we with... go back a bit? <laughs> yes. Do it, forgive me. He, he was a poacher, so he he, he took net and and, and. and he evaded the gibbet. Net, nets your, and your ferret. Yes. Was a poacher. <laughs> yes. And he would take a ferret or two and some nets. Where from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could you could purchase ferrets then. Ferrets, I'm guessing, of a similar family to the otter and the pine martin. Certainly to the pine martin. But, you know, long and long and lean. And so what you do is cover, find a rabbit warren. Say if there's ten holes, you'd cover nine of them with the net, mm. and then put the ferret down hole ten and just wait for. The... Now I believe that otters that people used to put nets in the water and get otters to chase fish into them. So the underwater version of poaching. Oh, I wow. love that. You know when you get, like, any oh. land thing that you see done underwater? Yes. Like, and it's the underwater chess. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> oh, with the what, scuba divers. Yeah, what's your favourite um, land event that's been <laughs> switched to underwater? Right, 12, <laughs> 15. This is Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. We were talking about an otter intruder. Maybe we haven't made the intruder thing um, perfectly clear. He entered the Cumbrian holiday home Mm. of a couple from County Durham, Peter Goldie and his wife Linda. Mm. They found him. He'd snuck in through bars for the cat... Cat bars. Right. And I'm saying that like it's a thing. Oh, yes, cat, cat bars. bars. Yeah. <laughs> so bars thing, for cats, meals and so on. meant to keep the cat out. Keep the cat in, presumably. Oh, keep it? the cat in, yeah. I'm not quite sure why anyone would have cat bars. David Baddiel will know he likes a cat. He does. Uh, anyway, they have these cat bars. The otter sneaks in. Mm. Not only they find him in bed... Which I quite like. Did he have the duvet up just was just it? to cover his modesty? Did, did yeah. he have it right up? Do we of... know that it was a male otter? Yeah, I think we did. She okay. said, "I'm she basing this on her." She got closer than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Perhaps she's just going on the Latin name. Yes. I mean, maybe it's it. But I, I was saying it. But I, I felt in one of the other pieces I'd read, she had said he. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. The duvet was... I don't know where the duvet was. Little, whether it was like yeah. when they show the romantic scene mm-hmm. in a movie. Yeah. Well, there was a great quote in The Sun where they said, it scattered cushions. <laughs> and I thought, one has to ask, were they scattered cushions? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At last, yeah. someone has 
unironically yeah. scattered scatter cushions. It's yeah. happened, guys. And he, or it, broke the candlestick. Yeah, we don't know how that happened. A very sort of Cluedo thing to do. Yeah, I'm thinking he was... You know when the, the three musketeers demonstrate their rapier skills mm. and they flick and they think, ha-ha, you missed the candle, and then they push it and they've gone straight through it so quickly it hasn't even fallen off the top. Yes. I'm hoping it was, um, it was like that. Linda, uh, the lady... Yeah. There was a great thing about her. It said, she said, I was reading a book in my conservatory when I heard the commotion. Oh, okay. 1764. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, who steals that of a day? I'm, I'm, I'm liking Linda. I Is it Linda? It. it really yeah. made me like her, that. Yeah, mm. when, you're in your, when you're in your Cumbrian holiday home, yeah, exactly. you should read a book in your conservatory. Well, she said, according to the son, that um, the otter sauntered down the hall <laughs> like it owned the place. <laughs> That'll get the uh, reincarnation people um, excited, I think, the <laughs> idea that that was a previous owner of that oh. old farmhouse come back. So he knew where the bed was. Yeah. Oh, and so maybe forth. it was. Yes, because... Oh, he... actually, from that same Ted Hughes biography, mm. Ted Hughes's mother was uh, claimed to be psychic and she said a ghost appeared in their house mm. looking for her daughter. And Mrs Hughes said, uh, oh, she doesn't live here anymore. She's moved to... Um, Whatever it was, Throckmorton. Yeah. And the ghost said, Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> Left. I mean, people, I mean, I've read many ghost stories. I can't think of one in which they're given directions. <laughs> a, a joke, a ghost saying, Avenge me. And you go, oh, he's, he's also been dead for years. <laughs> oh, good then. Thanks. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So we were talking, uh, well, you were talking about the Ted Hughes mother-in-law. Mother, was it? Ted Hughes' mother's ghost. Ted, Ted Hughes' mom. No, not as, uh, a ghost turned up at their house yes. and the mother who was psyched <laughs> the directions. said, oh, she's not here anymore, love, you need to... Uh... It's a left yeah, exactly. down at the end of the lane. Exactly. Then... <laughs> you go, then you go through, there's a wall, you go through that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that does remind me of the late uh, Derek Acora. <clears throat> ah, yes. If you're listening, and I'm sure you are. Yeah. Um, he used to say, when he would contact the spirit world, I remember hearing him once saying, if you would please leave the building, we would be very much obliged. Thank you. Oh, did he used to say that? He I'm would use language like that with the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'm afraid he, he slightly he let himself down a bit, Derek, when he did the pets um, pet <laughs> communication program. What happened? No, I didn't. So I people would come on to talk to their dead pets, uh. and this woman said, "I had a, a Jack Russell Terrier called um, Paul." Right. And he said, uh, yes, Paul's here tonight. He said, now, Paul, he's got a character, hasn't he, Paul? Um, he says, no. I can see him marching through the world, his spirit's full of himself. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, Derek, you finally pushed me to the point where I don't believe you. <laughs> That's how far. I've been, you know, I've been with you all the way, yep. but no. Even my... Chewing gum like stretchable credulity. Yes, but no, I, you know, I, I don't believe that dog is marching to the world of spirits with any kind of um, force. No. 
I think if it's anything, a subdued character, uncertain about where it finds itself. <laughs> Anyway, oh, I think some else, another fact. Um, yeah. When I, I was in Korea um, filming many years ago, have you ever been to Korea? No. Mm. Chimchi every meal, incredible. But um, in Korea, the uh, if you see an otter, mm. then rain will pursue you for the rest of your life. <laughs> the rest of your life. Yeah. Just saying. So the answer to the question, why does it always rain on me? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You saw, remember that otter you saw? You know what? Because I saw that otter while eating kimchi. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to eat. It's, it, the kimchi is not part no. of the superstition. Favourite animal-based superstitions, 8, 12, 15. Well, have we had any uh, favourite underwater? It's always the cat. <laughs> have we had any favourite? No, no, the magpie for me. What yeah. is that? Can, you, can we just clarify the magpie? If you see one magpie... One for sorrow, yeah, is it so two it, for joy? Yes, yeah, so if you see one, first of all, you're supposed to look around to see if there's another one. I haven't got time. Yeah, and if you haven't got time, you salute the magpie. I'm and not say, doing that, it's embarrassing. I, I still do it. I mean, if there's people around, it's just like I'm scratching my head a bit with, the, yes. uh, with my... Uh, Fingernails. What are they? Yeah. Some sort of like. And then you leader. say, you say, "Good morning, Mr. Magpie." I mean, don't I don't want to discuss the gender issues in this superstition, but you say, "Good morning, Mr. Magpie," and then that's it. You get off the one for sorrow. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Do, do, you really, do you salute magpies? I'd say it's mm-hmm. one of the few superstitions, perhaps the only superstition I I observe. Oh, that's a good one. Which one? Do, I. I think I avoid ladders, but not for... Do you walk under ladders? Well, I would walk under a ladder, but I think that's more of a practical... Well, mine's more of a Benny yeah. Hill hijinks yes. reason, yeah. so I don't want to get involved in any... <laughs> no. You know? But you haven't worn that nurse outfit with stockings and suspenders for years. Au contraire, my yeah. friend. <laughs> oh, sorry, I meant in my company. Thank you. I mean, you know, you, I'll stick with what you know. <laughs> What was, oh yes, um, we were on about the couple who um, received an otter they could not refuse. <laughs> um, I very much liked the fact well, that. Why's got um, the penthouse overlooking the House of the Parliament? It's at um, it's um, it's the cat food, the otter. Yes. The oh, cat. I don't like that. Or as they called it in the sun, the Moggy's Grub. <laughs> Yes. And I thought, is this uh, is Shirley Valentine edit, editing the sun nowadays? Well, the, the Moggy's Grob in 2020. Then why did they try and make it sound like a Coronation Street pension in 1968? Yeah. I have to say, is there a term for that? That's sort of like weird, old-fashioned, but also infantilised newspaper talk. Yes. Because I Make truly, I truly hate it. Mm. Well, it's in a sa- is it in the same Venn diagram as um, top people when they use that phrase? I'll do that. Yeah, yes. they like to, like top people's restaurant, mm. top yes. people's suburb, yes, or, leafy or London suburb. Ti- tiny tot scoffed the chalk, <laughs> that sort of thing. It just makes me want to peel my head. I really hate Why it. Why do you do it? I like, but it's, I like it when when um, one of their if it's a pop star one of their hits is is mentioned in in the description of the. <laughs> yes. So they could say um, the uh, 
toxic warbling star Britney Spears turn. What, I'll tell you the classic one. They always do the mysterious girl. <laughs> Poor Peter Andre. I mean, that, that yeah. came out about 30 years ago. But they use words like um, chart topper and stuff. For yes. Mysterious girl chart topper Peter Andre. Yes. You're Mog- right. Moggy's grub. It's like they've, <laughs> they've got a sort of mad Beano thesaurus. Yeah, exactly. Legally obliged to use. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and we all had bodies afterwards. <laughs> yes, what is the reliance on, as you say, scoffed is always. People don't eat things, do they? They no. scoff. As, as as they slurped down their their. Oh, no, I mouth, think you'll you find know, they champagne. quaff. They quaff champagne. Yes. yes. Especially if it's posh people, mm-hmm. top people. And it's still one of the few places you can find a tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. are, you never hear in normal conversation. Yes, apparently he's a tycoon. He is like the Monopoly man. Yeah, it's gone, gone. Who did we establish wore a monocle or didn't? This was one of those great things uh, where. Uh, well, I get messed up with Mr. Peanut from The Planter. Yeah, but you're obsessed mm. by him. Yeah, I do love him. <laughs> I remember we had a phone in once about where does Mr. Um, Peanut connect the other end of his monocle? <laughs> Does he fit it into his own fibrous shell? <laughs> I'm afraid you had a, a rather disturbing theory about where it might go. Yeah, nevertheless. <laughs> um, I'd say I feel for this couple, though, because um, an otter, uh, I would be terrified if there's an otter in the house. It's a, it's a very sort of whimsical... English no. bur- English countryside burglar to have, isn't it? Oh, no, but I would, wouldn't you be frightened... Well, have I'll... you ever had a bird in the house? Well, I think you have. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, I was just pra- I was just practicing my lines for my new uh, The Lightly Lads musical I'm appearing in. <laughs> uh, no, a bird in the house is terrifying because they flutter about and excrete and knock things out. Two in the bush. <laughs> yeah, two in the bush is even more uncomfortable. Oh, for God's sake! Anyway. Because there's an element of, of flapping at the sort of face, like moths as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Whereas an otter, I feel, is much more of a sort of watch out for your Do you know what I do? Feet, when I, feet, when I yeah. have flies in the house, I talk to them like my dog. And I say, come on, darling, good boy, good boy, leave now. Mm, leave, come really on, yeah. there's a good boy. Do you know? Something quite Derek Akora about that. <laughs> I'd go... Uh, they, they leave every time. I'd go trousers in socks if we had an otter in the house. Yes. Yes. That would be my first first step. <laughs> so, look, anyway, enough of this. Um, thanks, uh, Pierre. It's always great to see you. Pleasure. And um, you know what? Uh, thanks for listening this morning, everyone. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.